This is Brian Lohman. On behalf of the Lohman Ray Insurance Group, welcome to this edition of High School Prep Football Confidential. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Lohman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential. I'm Jim Rosso, News Gazette Media Vice President, alongside Colin Likas, our show's quarterback. He's bruised, he's sore, but he's almost done with... Covered in snow. It's snowing outside. It's football weather out there, Colin. And if it's like this on Saturday, that's going to be that's gonna be fun. Evan Kahn also helping us. Tamara McDaniel on the DL yeah. this week. She got so excited that three teams were still playing that she <laughs> apparently lost her voice out of uh, out of cheering. Hopefully we get her back for the state finals weekend. Oh, I'm sure she'll uh, be back and ready to roll for possibly three teams making it to state. We're here till 7 o'clock tonight, the Lovey Smith Show. Picks up them when uh, they'll pay tribute to the seniors. As they as they should, uh, even if, you know, the team's uh, under mm-hmm. 500, those seniors have worked hard and they deserve their, their kudos. All right, but we're going to roll till 7 o'clock talking high school football. You know what? we got a lot to talk about. We, we do. we got three teams that mm-hmm. could make Memorial Stadium a very crowded place the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, we absolutely do. But you know what? We, uh, we can't forget uh, a fourth team, uh, a state championship team from our coverage area that happened uh, last weekend. And you might say that's that's very odd. I didn't know the, the state championships had, hmm. had happened early. Well, the, uh, the eight-man football association crowned its first ever state champion on Friday night, and Milford Cisna Park was the winner, uh, defeating Alden Hebron 66-14, a lopsided affair there. So the Bearcats, uh, first ever champions of the eight-man football association. Congratulations to them. Uh, I spoke with Clint Schwartz, their head coach, about what it means to the program to be a state champion as well as what's next for the Bearcats. It's still unbelievable. You know, a few days later, people ask all the time if it's sunk in, and I'm not sure if it has or not. You know, our kids, they work extremely hard. I mean, they've been through a lot of different things the past past year, two years, three years, um, whether it be outside of football or making the transition over to eight-man football and. I mean, I can't think of a, a group that deserved more of the accomplishments than they got this year. we got to go back to work. You know, we're going to enjoy this for a while. You know, we're not going to take anything away. We're not going to rush into next season or anything. But, you know, our guys are excited. And, you know, our seniors said in the locker room, you know, they want this to be the beginning. This isn't the end of what they want MCP football to be. This is the beginning. They hope it's of many years to come, you know, we know we don't want to take anything for granted. Nothing's ever guaranteed that we'll ever get back in that situation. But we're going to enjoy it now, then it's, it's back to work. That was Clint Schwartz from Milford Cisna Park, a very <sighs> proud head coach and a winner of a very, very tall and nice-looking trophy. Hey, the state champs, you can't argue with that, right? No, you can't. I mean, that's a, that's a big accomplishment. Even yeah. though it was just a four-team playoff, you know, the league's growing, and I think it's going to get bigger, so that's a, that's a massive accomplishment. All right, here's my goal uh, for Milford Cisna Park. Give us your helmet. There you go. All right, I so like if, that. We're on Facebook Live tonight. If you want to check Colin's mug out, go to News Gazette on Facebook, and you'll notice the helmets in the background of the – four teams we're talking about tonight we don't have any of those four that's true we don't yeah somebody on facebook live just asked me where's the gibson city helmet uh I, I, that was I, me i don't i yeah yeah i don't i don't have it yet that's the answer and actually it's funny you mentioned that because a couple of weeks ago i did a spot on gibson city uh, local radio and uh the host asked mike allen who was also uh, mm-hmm. co-hosting where's the helmet so uh 
you're not the first person to ask me that, uh, Tristan on Facebook Live. So, right. uh, we'll, but we'll we'll work on getting these helmets, hey, all these helmets out here. Hey, follow along. You can get the podcast, the show afterward. You can uh, follow us on Snapchat, mm-hmm. News uh, underscore Gazette. You can uh, check out Twitter where Colin will update us throughout the show. You can check out Twitter tonight as well for the start of Girls Basketball season. I can't believe season. that. Why did you bring that up? Yeah, because it's, it's that time of year. Yeah. But it's also football time of year. So let's get into our three IHSA teams now that are still rolling along in the 11-man football playoffs. We are to the semifinal round. That means only four teams are left in all eight of the classes. Uh, we're going to lead off with the Argena Oriana Bombers this week. Uh, the Bombers, a number one seed in Class 1A, defeated Central A&M, a 13 seed, a surprise entry into the quarterfinals, 56-21 uh, to 21, uh, last Saturday. The Bombers are, have reached 12 wins for the first time in the history of their program. Their program goes back uh, quite a ways, so that's a, that's a great accomplishment for that team. Uh, quarterback Josh Williams, though, suffered an ankle injury in the second half for Argenta, so uh, not sure about his status for this upcoming game. Uh, but our running back Skylar Peterson took the reins at quarterback and rushed for 177 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Makai Stanley and Mikhail Stanley, the brothers, uh, Makai had 165 rushing yards and four touchdowns, and uh, Mikhail caught 80 uh, yards worth of passes on five receptions in that win over Central A&M. Uh, next up for Argenta is uh, number two seed Camp Point Central, which is 11-1 and one on the year. Uh, it's lone... Loss is to uh, Lena Winslow, I believe. Actually, I think I made that up. But uh, they, they do have one loss. They're, they're, we're going to talk about a team later that did lose to Lena Winslow. I, uh, I accidentally uh, transposed some, uh, some stats here. Uh, Camp Point Central's lone loss is to Beardstown, actually. So that's, that's my fault there. But uh, Camp Point Central defeated Concord Traopia 38-14 in the quarterfinals. Uh, they've allowed double-digit points in three of their last four games after uh, allowing just two such performances in their first eight. So the Camp Point Central defense has been tested of late, and even though they're still winning, uh, it's uh, showing a little a little bit of a leakage, and that could be a problem against an Argena squad that averages 46.7 points per game. The Bombers' offense, uh, even if Josh Williams is hurt and out, is a prolific offense. So uh, Camp Point Central going to be put to the test. You know, we talk about some of the good uh, football teams in our area, which Argenta is, but yes. the Decatur area is kind of loaded oh, uh, yeah. this year with oh, St. Yeah. T and Mar- Maroa. Yeah, it's and crazy. Joey Wagner over at Decatur Herald and Review. He's gonna, he's, I think he's going to be busy during state. Little known fact here, you're going to talk to Steve Kirk in a, in a bit, right? Yes, we are. All right, yeah, he is a proud product of the once flourishing Rantoul Rec right. League basketball. Oh, I thought you were going right. to say just the Rantoul Eagles. It, <laughs> just a litany of, of uh, prominent alumni who once suited up in that league. Mike Frericks did you, was, one did, of, uh, was did, a center on a team. There, I could go on. Did you take it. on Steve Kirk in a rec league basketball It might have happened. He might have fouled out quickly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're assuming you didn't fall out. That's, uh, well, all right. We're just going to leave that one there. Where you know what? We're going to get Steve Kirk on the line right now. We're going to talk to him live here on Prep Football Confidential. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Thanks for having me, Colin. Yeah, of course. And uh, you guys are headed to the semifinals. How does it feel to be uh, one win away from the, the first ever trip in program history to a state championship game? Uh, you know, we're excited. You know, it, it's exciting for the kids. Uh, you know, they've worked really hard uh, for this, you know, and they deserve it. So so I'm excited for them. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, we've talked about it before, but maybe not so much on the air. Is this uh, this run, is this something that surprised you at all? Uh, you know, uh, you know, I thought if the, if the pieces fell into place, I thought we might have a shot. Uh, we returned a lot of starters from uh, from last year's nine and two team, uh, and I thought if we could if we could go ahead and fill those uh, you know those spots where where we had some kids graduated, uh, we could have a shot at this thing. Well, uh, the big question that we have to ask, and uh, I don't know if I expect a straightforward answer or not, but Josh Williams uh, suffered an ankle injury last uh, last week. Is Josh going to be good to go for this game against Camp Point Central? Yeah, yeah, he's he'll be ready to go. I, he was actually available hmm. uh, in the second half on Saturday if we needed him. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we, we we felt like we felt like we didn't need him, and we, he could go ahead and rest that ankle. So. Uh, yeah, he'll be good to go. Well, that's far more of a straightforward answer than I was expecting there, but that's good news for Argento-Oriana fans. But uh, Skylar Peterson, your running back, you turned to him uh, when uh, uh-huh. when Josh went down. Uh, well, first of all, why did you turn to Skylar uh, specifically? And second of all, uh, how proud were you of the performance he put forth? Uh, you know, we've, we've always talked this year. We, we practiced with Skylar playing quarterback. Uh, you know, if, if anything were to happen to Josh, he was going to be – uh, the guy to go in and uh, and lead us, and he did a great job of doing that. Um, you know, I, we uh, we give him some refs uh, throughout the week, uh, and we've done that every week. So uh, he hopped in there and, and took the reins and did a wonderful job for us, which was great. Talking to Steve Kirk, Argena Oriana football coach. Uh, let's talk about the Stanley brothers as well, Mackay and McHale. Uh, their names are almost so close together it could be hard to differentiate, but, I mean, both guys are just uh, – they play pivotal roles on your guys' offense, especially defense as well, but the offense, I mean, is where you got some big numbers for these guys. How important have they been to the program's success this year? No, they've been – you know, they've both been outstanding. Uh, you know, Makai's done a, done a really, really uh, great job running the football. Uh, you know, he's taken more of a prominent role this year uh, in that aspect. Mikhail's been – uh, you know, been lightning, uh, you know, out on the edge. So, you know, they, they're they kind of a one-two punch uh, along with some other kids. They've done a really, really, really good job for us. I mean, uh, what kind of, with having that uh, familial bond, that sibling bond, uh, is that also something that benefits uh, not only the two of them but also the team as a whole? Yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, I, 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 they're always trying to one-up each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if if you know, if one guy scores a touchdown uh, that's that's fifty yards, the other the other one wants to score one that's fifty five yards. Uh, you know, I I think some of that competition kind of kind of bleeds to the other kids too, and and they want to do better. So so you know, I think it's it's great for our overall team chemistry. Well, uh, you guys are going to be hosting Cam Point Central this week. I mean, we've talked about it when you've been on the show before about the beautiful uh, new turf field that your program has. Uh, did you imagine coming into this year you would get a chance to, to show off this field uh, with uh, with a chance to go to state on the line? No, you know, you don't, you don't think about that, you know, early <laughs> in the season. Um, you know, we're excited it's happening. And I, as we kind of went along here with the season, uh, you know, I thought it might – uh, you know, it might come to fruition, but, you know, in, in the playoffs, you don't know who's going to win, who's going to lose. So uh, we're we're certainly very, very excited to, to host a semifinal playoff game. 
Well, a few degrees of separation. Cam Point Central beat Concord Triopia last week, uh, a team that defeated Arcola, one of your uh, LOVC Northwest rivals. But uh, that aside, what do you know about Cam Point Central? How do you uh, come away with a win against that team? Well, they're, they're really, uh, really, really talented. Uh, they run the football, um, you know, as good as, uh, as as good as anybody we've seen this year, uh, probably better. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to be prepared to play a really physical uh, brand of football and be able to stop the run uh, defensively, uh, offensively. You know, um, you know, we're going to have to play our game. Uh, they run to the football really well. Um, they're really, really well coached. So, so we have a work cut out for us. Steve Kirk, our Jenna Oriana football coach. Steve, uh, thanks again for joining us, and uh, good luck this week. Go out there and uh, try to try to bring us one of three teams to state, possibly. Well, we'll, we'll give it our best shot, Colin. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, I, I refrained from asking Steve about his rec league days, but uh, I thought you might bring it up, honestly. I'm still afraid of Steve. You're still actually. afraid of Steve? He's a big guy. Oh, well, Steve's a pretty nice guy, too. So I do know a lot of folks in Rantoul are pulling hard for the Bombers uh, oh, yeah. this weekend just to kind of have one of their own yeah. roaming the sidelines at Memorial Stadium. I would think there's quite a few teams from this area, you know, who are out of the playoff hunt who would uh, would not mm-hmm. mind at all seeing Excuse me, seeing our Jenna Oriana uh, play at Memorial Stadium next weekend. Well, the good news I heard today was our forecast folks at News Gazette Media said it might just be a halfway decent weekend after Thanksgiving. There we go. I'll take that. Not the normal cold and gloomy look that usually accompanies the state finals. It was decent last year over in DeKalb. It was a little gloomy, but it wasn't terribly cold. Tell you what, who's uh, not worried about the weather are the folks in Monticello who are gearing up for a big home semifinal on Saturday when we get back from our first break. We'll uh, talk to them. Now back to the Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. 617. Beautiful News Gazette Media Studios in downtown Champaign. It's dry, too. That's what I, I like right now. We're here to 7 o'clock. Got a Monticello segment coming up. I got to tell you the story. I was at, uh, at the Monticello Chamber of Commerce Annual Awards Banquet last Thursday at Monarch. Yeah. Right downtown. Mm-hmm. Fired up crowd about football over the stages. Oh, Mar- Mark Johnson, the um, it was the featured speaker, the uh, former Illinois a wrestling coach, Olympian, uh, CEO of the YMCA here in town for a while. He uh, he raved about Cully Welter and the job he's doing. Yeah. And the audience was all with him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cully Welter, ever since uh, he came over from uh, Colfax, he's uh, he's done big things with the Sages, and they're trying to reach unprecedented heights this season. Uh, even though he has lifted them to the playoffs every year that he's been there, they have not yet made a state title game, as good as some of those teams have been. Uh, it's been tough sailing through Class 3A, so uh, this will be a huge step for Monticello this week. Uh, but before we uh, dive into uh, a little bit more uh, about Monticello specifically, and uh, we're going to talk with Coach Cully Welter here in a little bit, 
Uh, I've also uh, got a, a, a more interesting guest, not not saying Kelly Welter's not interesting, but a more unique guest, I should say. Uh, we normally have coaches and athletes on here. That's, uh, you know, it's very obvious to do that. But uh, trying to get some fan flair on here this week. So I'm now joined uh, by a former Monticello Sage who has a connection to the current team, uh, Jack Dawson. Jack, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Yeah, hi, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Well, uh, you are the uh, you are the uncle of current Monticello player Henry Dawson, <laughs> correct? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Very good. So, uh, what year did you graduate from Monticello, Jack? Well, I graduated in two thousand and four. Two thousand four. Okay, so relatively yeah. recent, not too far off. So uh, yeah, not too long ago. My well, brother was uh, about eight years ahead of me, and okay. his boys then. I'm uh, just coming through the high school over the last few years. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, you obviously uh, pay attention to Monticello football. I'm guessing you would even if Henry wasn't part of the program. Yeah. Uh, but uh, did you feel like this Monticello team had a chance to make the kind of run that it's making right now as a, as, a, as an observer of the product? You know, it's it's been a unique thing that the Sages have done under Coach Welter over the last few years where – Every year you think it's it's just not quite possible that uh, they could be as good as they were the year before. Uh, you know, after watching Henry and his, his older brother Johnny for the last few years, you kind of learn that, yeah, you, you're you're expecting them to be really good. Um, I, I could honestly say that I didn't expect them to be as good as they are. Uh, but when I talked to my brother, you know, who follows it obviously a lot closer than I do, I think it was something that internally they all had pretty high expectations with uh, with that senior class coming through in the the success they've had yeah, yeah. well uh, you've uh, you've gotten to watch henry uh, grow up on the football field as well i mean mm-hmm. having him uh, having him play under cully welter how have you seen him grow as as an athlete and as an individual it's it's a pretty unique experience uh we feel pretty fortunate to, to be able to watch henry and his brother come through this program um the consistency that those coaches have provided and you know the excellent quality of coaching that they've given them uh, down to the little things, you know, how to tackle properly, uh, especially in this day and age. That's something I know his parents cared about. But um, if, all the way up to the, the X's and O's and everything they do in game, it's just it's something that the fans don't take it uh, don't take it for granted any week. Well, uh, you're not super far removed from your uh, from your days uh, at Monticello <laughs> as a student. But how much has the uh, the program changed since uh, back in 2004 when you graduated? You know, when I was coming through school, it was always something that, you know, it was possible that the Sages could have a good program. Um, we had a lot of coaches that we respected. We had a few good years here and there. I think what you've seen over the last six, seven years is that consistency. Um, the coaching and the players that have come through, it's it's a sign of the, the community support and the school support they've got there. Um, I think that's the biggest change is year in, year out, you're expecting this team to win their conference possibly go undefeated every year it's a it's a reality and, and even an expectation i think that's probably the the biggest change from when i came through talking with jack dawson a 2004 monticello grad and uh, a fan of the program of course uh in your mind uh, jack what has been the key to this team's success this season why are the sages as good as they are uh depth i think is one of the things they've they've got a pretty explosive group of skill players that you guys see on a weekly basis but it's more than that too um, one of the really cool things about this program is you don't see a lot of players go both ways so you get a lot of players involved at all level uh, i think you're even going to see a freshman get some pretty consistent time here through the playoffs sophomores juniors contributing as well as that excellent senior class so 
you've got players up and down the roster that are contributing in, in, on different levels, and I think that's really what's what sets them apart from other programs. Um, not to mention you got a quarterback and a group of wide receivers playing the way they do on offense. It's kind of hard to stop. Right. Well, uh, you guys got Carlinville this week. Monticello does. Uh, should the Sages come out with a win in this game, uh, which is being played in Monticello, what's going to be the, uh, the the party spot afterward for all the fans, all the supporters? Where's everybody going to gonna group up to celebrate going to state? Oh, gosh. I was, one of the bars downtown, uh, <laughs> uh, Main Street Pub, Fieldhouse 217. I think those are going to be a couple of your main spots there. Maybe Filippo's Pizza. That was always my favorite when I was coming through the school. But, uh, yeah, probably the field house there in the corner is probably the, the main spot in town. Very good. That's where we'll, where we'll, uh, we'll stake out the cameras for, uh, if there's there a celebration. <laughs> but uh, uh, before we let you go, Jack, uh, Henry, uh, Henry, your, uh, your, your nephew, he also uh, made it to state in wrestling earlier this year. Uh, if, yeah. if Monticello was able to make it to state in football, uh, what what's going to be more exciting for for you for the whole fan the Dawson family watching him at state for wrestling or watching him at state for football? Oh gosh, that's a tough call. He <laughs> he won the state wrestling championship as an eighth grader, and I've I've always maintained that was the most excitement I've ever had at a sporting event watching him do that. But uh, seeing this team get to state championship something that no other program in school history has done that would I think that might be up at another level for everybody. I would uh, I would uh, see that argument, certainly. Jack Dawson, uh, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Hope you uh, get to enjoy a Monticello win. Yeah, we appreciate you guys giving the uh, players and coaches some recognition. It's a pretty cool thing, so thanks for having us. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Glad to do it. Well, uh, yeah, that's... Uh just wanted to mix things up a little bit this week. Uh, get some get some fan voice on there. I mean, you know, we're we're used to hearing from the players and the coaches, and we're, we are going to hear from Colley Welter here soon. But uh, trying something a little hey, different. We'll see how people like it. He gave me the uh, tip of where to go after Saturday's <laughs> game. All right, if <laughs> you've been down, down downtown Monticello, it's a cool place, Town Square. Yes, uh, you know it'll be. Uh, it might be uh, kind of late in the day. These playoff games take a while, but oh, sure. sure it'll be a festive scene. Yeah, Saturday it'll be night. like I don't know five, five thirty, six o'clock. That's yeah. plenty of time to get a party started downtown Monticello. I got to tell you, Monticello uh, or uh, Colin, I have Monticello winning. Do you? Well, mm-hmm. I have my predictions, but we're going to save those until the end of the show so people can yell All at right. me afterward. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Sages uh, before we, uh, we, we're going to head to a little break, and then we'll, uh, we'll get Cully Welter on the line. But uh, Monticello last week, a top seed in Class 3A, defeated 13-seed uh, Greenville 63-21 to uh, to reach the semifinals for the second time under Cully Welter. Uh, the last time was in 2016, so not that long ago. Uh, 63 points, the most Monticello has ever scored in a playoff game, so uh, that's a big uh, big thing to note. Uh, but Monticello did commit three turnovers and had almost 100 yards worth of penalties in the first half. They really mopped that up in the second half, 35 points in the third quarter to pull away from Greenville. Uh, Braden Snyder threw four touchdown passes and rushed for another two as he continues his outstanding season at quarterback. Uh, Alec Bundy rushed for a pair of touchdowns. Luke Stringer returned an interception, 20 yards for a score. And Asher Bragg caught uh, just shy of 200 yards worth of passes from Braden Snyder. So what's next for Monticello? Uh, number two seed Carlinville, another undefeated team. So 12-0 against 12-0. The game will be at Monticello at 2 p.m. on Saturday. 
Um, Carlinville is actually from the same conference as Greenville, the team Monticello just defeated, uh, the South Central Conference. Uh, Coach Chad Easterday's uh, Carlinville team actually offensively kind of mirrors, at least as far as point production, mirrors Monticello. Uh, the Cavaliers have scored 35 or more in every game this season, as has Monticello. Uh, Monticello maxes out at 63 points. Carlinville maxes out at 66. So these two teams, uh, this could be a shootout, or uh, they could surprise us all and go for a 7 nothing, 7-3 kind of score, which would uh, which would be fun as well. All right, those predictions will be in Thursday's News Gazette uh, from the whole staff. And, Colin, I'm a little disappointed in you in that you're not ahead no. of the field, and you're you're the one covering these games. I'm, uh, let's see, I'm fourth? You're I'm either fourth distant. or fourth of nine, I think. You're out of it. I'm not out of it, no. Scott Ritchie had a bad week, so I'm back in it. There will be ramifications. Oh, there's always ramifications. <laughs> Tell you what, uh, maybe we'll get Cully Welter's uh, take on uh, your prediction business. Oh, boy. Okay, he'll be. Uh, we'll get the Monticello coach on the horn after this break. The Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Colin Likas is going to be at Saturday's Monticello game. That's right. We got a we got a three-headed monster covering that game. You, Anthony Zillis will be our videographer. All right. I and, like it. Uh, we'll have uh, somebody from our professional photo staff as well that's right yes whoever is not covering university of illinois related activities do they have a game they do have uh iowa they do yeah Yeah. senior senior day nights afternoon yeah whatever i don't know what time the game starts i'm i'm so focused on high school football that i'm just i cannot focus on anything else right now that's just can't i like to see your game face on this early it's only monday night oh yeah i gotta be ready ready we got we got features coming out coming out out of the walls. I mean, we got uh, we got all kinds of good stuff coming it's, up. It's not every year we have three area teams make the semifinals, no. so no. that's good. No, and having three area teams make the state finals would be pretty pretty uh, maybe not unprecedented necessarily, but it doesn't happen very often. It'd be a busy Friday at Memorial. Super State. Super busy Friday, but the, we're the, ready for it if it happens. I do like it. I think uh, especially when finals are here in town. It's important to have a team uh, mm-hmm. from nearby just to get the stands kind of energetic. I agree. And uh, one coach who's hoping to uh, to to coach from inside Memorial Stadium next weekend is Monticello's Cully Welter, and he joins us now. Cully, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, this is the second time you've uh, advanced Monticello football to the semifinals since you've joined this program. Uh, does this season feel similar in any way to that 2016 campaign? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think we're similar in the, in the way we play. Uh, we rely a lot on uh, experience and in uh, our skill positions and regarding uh, their speed and and uh, I guess we're a little bit more experienced now than we were two years ago. But for the most part, uh, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, is that uh, is that experience for those guys? You know, uh, maybe they weren't playing varsity minutes uh, in 2016, but who's still with the program now and are playing varsity minutes? How much is it going to help having been at this stage before? Well, I'm always a big believer that uh, when you advance in the playoffs, it's just it's a benefit to your overall program. And like you said, we did have a lot of guys that are seniors right now that played quite a bit uh, when they were sophomores and. Uh, 
but we also had a lot of guys that didn't, but uh, gained valuable experience by practicing every day. So, um, you know, anytime you can extend your season one extra week and get five more, six more days of practice, it's just going to make your program better. Absolutely. Well, uh, before we uh, talk uh, about what's coming up, let's look back to the previous week. You guys defeated Greenville 63-21, to but uh, got off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, how were your boys able to kind of kick things into gear as the game went on? Well, we we were <clears throat> not real happy with how we played in the first half. We felt like uh, we had a, a lot of miscues. We didn't feel like we played up to the our, our normal uh, effort level that we had seen at least towards the latter part of the season. And uh, so, you know, we talked at halftime that it's not always an effort thing. Uh, a lot of times uh, it's an execution thing. But at that point, we felt like we needed to up the ante a little bit and come out a little bit more fired up. And uh, our kids responded pretty well. Well, you've uh, you've got two receivers who helped out with that, uh, along with quarterback Braden Snyder, of course. But I wanted to talk about uh, Devin Graham and Asher Brad, those two receivers, uh, who they they haul in pretty much anything thrown their way at this point. They're among the area leaders in receiving yardage and touchdowns. Uh, how valuable has it been to have those two guys? Well, that <clears throat> they've been exceptional for us. Uh, um, both, well, Ash has been a starter for three years at that position. Devin's been a defensive starter for three years, but a, a split end for us uh, for two years and uh, a little bit different in their their styles. Devin's more of the kid we, we throw the ball up to and feel really confident when he's matched up with anybody one-on-one, and Asher's more of the, the jitterbug that we get the ball to him in a, in a number of different ways. He's a slot-type kid and runs really good routes, and uh, uh, we, we like to move him around and, and get him the ball as much as possible <clears throat> well uh your, your uh, offense is obviously prolific but uh we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the defensive unit which uh just allowed its hundredth point uh last week so you got through almost 12 games without allowing a hundred points uh but uh pretty pretty serious test coming up here in carlinville uh how will this be the toughest test that your defense has had this year uh, i don't think there's any doubt I mean, we've seen different styles and uh uh, until last week, mostly run-oriented teams, at least towards the latter part of the season. But uh, um, Carlinville's a little bit different beast. Um, they can run the ball, but they're dynamic with the passing game. They run a lot of RPOs. Uh, they've got some exceptional athletes, and we're definitely going to be tested on defense this week. Talking to Monticello coach Cody Welter, uh, sticking with the defense, who are some guys who are really going to need to step up in order for the defense to slow down Carlinville? Uh, really everybody if you listen to coach miller talk today it's going to definitely take a team effort um you know they get the ball out quick so um you know i don't know how much pressure we can get on the quarterback but certainly we can't just let them sit back and throw so we're going to need our guys up front to to apply as much pressure as possible uh while maintaining their integrity in the secondary and uh you know like i said before they've got some really good athletes so um you know, really it's going to take a, a total team effort for for us to, to be successful. Well, this is a, a big moment for Monticello football. Uh, you sent a team to the playoffs every year since you've been there, but uh, haven't quite broken through yet to state. What would it mean to finally get there if you can get the job done this week? Yeah, for me, I, you know, it's all about the kids and, and my assistant coaches. If we could get there, um, I, it would mean a lot to me from that standpoint. I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I I, they deserve it, you know, and I know a lot of coaches say that, but I uh, um, really feel like they do, and I, and I really feel like my coaches do. So for me, uh, that would be uh, that would mean a lot. Absolutely. Cully Welter, Monticello football coach, thanks again for joining us this week, Cully, and uh, good luck out there on Saturday. All right. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. Good stuff from Cully. Absolutely. Right He's on always, cue. Always, uh, always ready to give a, a great interview and uh, – 
yeah, it's uh, it's Cully's all he's always says uh, he's straightforward, but he's also he'll be very blunt and honest with you, which leads to some you know some of the best quotes you could possibly possibly get. It'll be a packed house at uh, Monticello on Saturday. Oh, excited yeah. to see that atmosphere. Yeah, uh, it's uh, there's gonna be a lot of purple and a lot of gold. And a lot of screaming and hollering and cowbells and all kinds of stuff. All right, south end of town, if you want to head over there on uh, Saturday, try to uh, find a seat. Good luck with that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, you better uh, send a blanket out early to, to, to save your space if they allow that. Tell you what, we're not done previewing uh, area teams that are playing in semifinals. We'll get to our final one after this break. Now back to the Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Got to give Colin some love, right? I pick on you for making bad choices sometimes. <laughs> Which I do. All right, but in that preseason TV show, you remember when you wore the makeup? <laughs> I don't remember that part. I, I might have been asleep and for the makeup enjoyed part. enjoyed it. And, uh, right. Naturally. <laughs> you, uh, you picked some area teams to make the state. I sure did. I picked, uh, I picked Gibson City. I picked Monticello, and they're both still in the hunt, so maybe I'm doing something right. See, that's a compliment. There we Colin, go. I appreciate go. that. Let's uh, let's wait till we get to the last <laughs> segment, and you can bring it back down. Uh, before we jump on over to uh, Gibson City, our last area team to look at uh, in the IHSA semifinals, uh, let's uh, touch on the other uh games going on uh this weekend semifinal games uh, in class 1a argento oriana should they win will play either lena winslow the reigning 1a champion or forreston uh, in class 2a saint Teresa and moreau forsyth play each other in what should be a heck of a uh, semifinal game not saying that uh, gibson city and uh lenark eastland won't have one but uh, yeah saint t moreau forsyth that that's sh- that's a powerhouse matchup uh, in Class 3A, Monticello, should they win, would uh, take on either Byron or the 15-seeded Hersher, which is still playing at 8-4. Uh, at and four. That's pretty crazy. Uh, in Class 4A, you got IC Catholic, the reigning 3A champion, against Richmond Burton. You also got Bishop Mack against Rochester, which is the reigning 4A champion. So you got two reigning champions still playing in Class 4A. Uh, class 5A, you got Sterling against Montini and Hillcrest against 14-seed Joliet Catholic. Uh, 6A, Kerry Grove against Niles Notre Dame, and Oaklawn Richards against 11 seed Crete Monet. Uh, in Class 7A, you've got the reigning 7A champs Batavia against Nazareth, the reigning 6A runner-up. You also got Mount Carmel against 22 seed St. Charles North. That's uh, mm. I like these high seeds. Mm. And then in Class 8A, you got Brother Rice against Marist, and reigning 8A champion Lincoln Way East against reigning 8A runner-up. Loyola, which is a 19 seed. A lot of those big schools pr- will produce plenty of all-staters that oh, we'll yeah. have in our uh, News Gazette uh, on Thanksgiving Day. Yep, uh, Bob Osmussen will uh, will take care of that, and it'll be great as it always is. But let's uh, let's move on back to uh, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley. Before we dive into last week's result and what's coming up this week, let's get another uh, fan, another alumnus on the phone. We're going to be joined now by 1959 Gibson City grad Steve Day. Steve, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, of course. You uh, you might remember Steve's name uh, in our uh, preseason uh, preseason football package. He was one of our alumni writers for uh, for Gibson City. 
And uh, obviously, Steve, you have a good idea of what's going on around this football program. Uh, is the excitement surrounding it similar right now to what was going on this time last year? Yeah, if not more so. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, what was that like uh, last year? Uh, just just take us through what that was like. Uh, you know, with with it being something that was new to you guys. Well, uh, I think the neatest part was when the game was over and the team got back to Gibson. The whole town was uptown waiting on them, and the kids got out and uh, walked about four blocks through all the fans waiting on them, and uh, it was really enjoyable. Yeah, I do remember uh, uh, Mike Allen said after the after the win last year that uh, one thing he regretted a, at a prior season was that uh, there were a lot of fans lined up downtown and he didn't have the kids come out and shake the fans' hands, and he got the opportunity to do that this time around, which is awesome. Um, as far as this year's team, though, uh, does it feel like a very similar team to last year? Is it comparable to the, to the team last year? I think it's very comparable, if not better. Okay, why do you say that? Oh, uh, it's I don't know. Maybe it's just because we're expecting more from, from the kids after winning last year. But uh, this year's team, uh, they just don't give up. Uh, they're just they just go. What these? <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Steve. That's all right. I mean, they just they just just go go and. Mm -hmm. And wins. They just, they're just great. Yeah. Well, uh, these kids, uh, you know, they, they get a very positive rap in the community. I mean, uh, is, are, are these these Gibson City Falcons, are these are these kids as great as everybody says they are? I think so, if yeah. not better. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking with uh, Steve Day, uh, uh, Gibson City alumnus. Uh, talk about uh, how much have things changed with Gibson City, now Melvin Sibley football, since you graduated back in uh, 1959? Well, I, I, I really don't know how to answer that. Uh, I mean, back be before it was just Gibson, I mean, the town still backed us and, you know, still does today. Uh, you know, the rules have changed a lot in football and Six, 60 years <laughs> <laughs> that's but, uh, uh, yeah i don't know uh, the, the town's always been buying gifts no matter what they do i think that's i think that's just small town for you sure well uh mike allen has been around this program for quite a while how has he been able to get the best out of these kids for such a long stretch like this uh, <laughs> he's a terrific coach that's what i can say about mike allen he's a nice guy uh i know he loves his job because it shows uh, he gets along with with the kids very well, and as a, as a, a, the other coaches do too. He's he's just got a great crew, and and the kids fight for him. Well, uh, what would it mean uh, to see GCMS uh, play at Memorial Stadium this year uh, after watching them uh, play at Husky Stadium last year? Would it mean more just because you know the U of I? It's uh, it's kind of the institution in this area. Oh, I think it'd be great for the kids play down there. Uh, Last year's football game at DeKalb, I think it was one of the best football games I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you uh, probably would expect the same uh, if Gibson City is able to make it back this year. Uh, Steve, I had a uh, I had a Monticello grad on a little bit before you, so I, uh -huh. I asked him this question. I feel the, the need to ask you as well. Uh, if Gibson City wins uh, this weekend, uh, where's the party going to be? <laughs> 
I think everywhere in Gibson. It's <laughs> just uh, you're just going to see a giant bright light if you're in so. an airplane. I think so. <laughs> Very good, Steve Day, uh, Gibson City, 1959 graduate. Thanks so much again for joining us, Steve, and uh, go enjoy the game on Saturday. I will. Thanks for asking, and I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Bye. Great stuff from Steve. You know, uh, the the neat things about these smaller towns is that there's so many people connected to the program mm-hmm. from so many years. Yes. And they've stayed in the area. What uh, Whatever they're doing, they're still in tune with it. They know what's going on. They still go to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when I, when I talked to Steve back in August, he uh, brought out his old letterman's jacket back when Gibson City was the Greyhounds. So uh, not only has the rules of football changed, but a lot of things have changed with Gibson City football. And uh, the Falcons are trying to be back-to-back state champions, which is something that does not happen a lot in any sport. It's a lock. All you, right, can I say that? You can say that. I'm saying it. You can say Colin. that. I will uh, I will levy my predictions <laughs> a little later. Let's uh let's talk about what GCMS did to get to this point and what's coming up next. Uh going to have Mike Allen on the show here Gibson City Melvin Sibley coach in a bit, but Let's recap what happened last week. Uh, the Falcons, a top seed in Class 2A, knocked off number 6 Sterling Newman, 27-12. to uh, This was a matchup uh, in the semifinals last year, so they met one step earlier this year, and it was another close game just like last year. Uh, Austin Spiller and Jared Trantina returned interceptions for touchdowns. Ben Freehill made two field goals. Uh, you don't hear... Uh, a lot of people talking about high school kickers all that much, but uh, GCMS has a good one in Ben Freehill. And Nathan Gerard, uh, the quarterback, hit Aiden Lowry on a 52-yard touchdown pass. Uh, however, this was only the second time this year that GCMS gave up double-digit points. Uh, the first time since week two against Eureka, that was a 12-point game also. Although six of the points against against Sterling Newman came on a kick return touchdown, so that wasn't even the defense, that was special teams. But uh, the Falcons, next up for them is a third uh, three-seed, Lenark Eastland, which is undefeated, as is Gibson City. That game will take place in Lenark at 2 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, Coach Jared McNutt's Wolves, and that's uh, that's a funny coincidence. Mitch McNutt played for GCMS last year. I'm guessing Jared McNutt is not a relation. But uh, Jared McNutt's program uh, plays in the same conference as Class 1A semifinalist and reigning state champion Lena Winslow. There's the, the school I was looking for earlier. Uh, that's the one, uh, that's the one loss or that's the one loss on Lena Winslow's schedule. Well, Lenark Eastland actually defeated Lena Winslow. So that's, uh, that shows you how good this, uh, this, uh, Lenark program is. Uh, the Wolves average 34.8 points per game and only allow 10.3, but get this stat, Gibson City averaging 48 points mm-hmm. and allowing an average of 4.1. They have not allowed 50 points on the entire season yet. So uh, it's uh, it's another good test for Gibson City coming up, and we'll see if the defense can continue to just uh, bowl over opponents. And uh, nobody's going to know about that better than Coach Mike Allen, who's joining us now. Mike, thanks for being part of the show as always. Thanks, Colin, for having me. I appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, Sterling Newman met him for the second year in a row, one game earlier this time. But uh, as far as the scoreboard, uh, it's kind of went the same way as last year. Uh, were you, uh, with how much you guys have uh, scored the ball, were you surprised at all that it was just a 3 nothing game at halftime? No. Uh, you know, we had a couple opportunities down in the red zone and we weren't able to get it in. Um, but, no, not at all. Their, their defense was, you know, giving up just a few more points than we were a game. So, we knew that they had a, a very talented defense and it was going to be tough to put points on. That's why, you know, we attempted uh, uh, three field goals, maybe four, and made two. Um, we, we tried a 54-yarder at the end of the first half. So, 
you know, we knew we had to try to put points up on the board any chance we could against them. Tried a 54-yard field goal in a high school football game. You do not hear that a lot. <laughs> and I, I was going to talk to you about uh, Ben Freehill, uh, the kicker who attempted that a little bit later on. But first, I okay. uh, wanted to mention the defense because, I mean, it's just been so impressive for you guys. Uh, what what can you say about this group? I mean, you haven't even allowed 50 points yet this year. Is this uh, even better than you could have expected? Yeah, it, it's it's much better than we expected. We, we thought that they would be our, our strength for sure. And they have been. Um, you know, these kids love to watch film. They they study game film. And, and Coach Augsburger, you know, Coach Carter does our DBs. Coach Augsburger is our defense coordinator. You know, all the coaches work together. And, and Coach Augsburger has came up with great schemes. And and he puts these kids in position to know what the other team's tendencies are, which allows them to just go out and, and play football. They don't have to, th- you know, think. They just can react. Well, uh, what was the biggest defensive play of uh, this game uh, against Sterling Newman in your mind? Was it Jared Trantina's pick six? Was it Austin P- uh, Spiller's pick six? Or was it uh, Lane Short's interception or something else? What was the biggest one in your mind? Uh, honestly, the the biggest one was Jared. You know, Lane Short came up and, and made it just a big pop from the safety position in that third quarter. They were driving on us. And he came up and laid, laid a big hit and popped the ball out. Jared picked it up and ran it. And, and, and that, that's a... Stopping their momentum coming out in third quarter, you, you know, and uh, getting that, that was big for us. That, that was definitely, I think, the biggest play. But the other ones came at great times. Uh, and one that you didn't mention, just a heads-up play, it was fourth and 15 probably. Um, and uh, they threw the ball about 30 yards down the field. And Lance Livingston, instead of trying to intercept it, you know, just stuck his arm out and knocked the ball down, knowing that we got the ball, you know, 40 yards back upfield. So just you know, the, the smarts of the kids – uh, the thing with this group is, uh, you, you know, you might trick them once or twice, but, you know, they pick up on tendencies and what you're doing, and, and they don't make the same mistakes twice, and that's been the biggest impact for us. Talking with Mike Allen, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, football coach. Uh, you mentioned before you attempted uh, four field goals uh, in the win over Sterling Newman. Uh, some some teams, I mean, they don't even really bother trying to kick field goals. It's uh or they don't bother even trying to kick extra points sometimes. You know, it's all two-point conversions. But you've got Ben Freehill, a kid who uh, – he's a he's a stud of a kicker. I mean, how important is he to your guys' success? Oh, he's extremely important. You know, he, he – you know, probably 90% of the time he puts the ball in the end zone on kickoff so we don't have to worry about a return. Um, and, and then punting the ball. He punts the ball extremely well. Didn't have to punt a lot during regular season. But in this postseason, when he's had to punt, he, he takes us and digs us out of some heavy holes. So he's big. And then those field goals, you know, last year he kicked a 50-yarder up at El Paso and made it and had, you know, seven, eight yards on his legs still. So we have a lot of confidence confidence on him probably from 55 yards. You know, if the wind, you know, is not, not in your face, he can make it. So he's a dangerous weapon for us. And, and he's worked hard, though. He, he deserves all the success that he's getting. I do remember during the state championship game last year, he doinked one off of the uh, off of the building uh, <laughs> yeah. that was well well deep of the end zone, and I think it surprised the people inside the building. Uh, is he looking forward to? Uh, should you guys win this week? Is he looking forward to trying to do something similar at Memorial Stadium? No, he he uh, he, he was so pumped up last year in that state championship game, and then you know it came down to them if we didn't get that touch you know first down our touchdown on that third down play he was going to kick and it was going to be about a 37 yarder uh and he after the game he's like i I really want to kick it so (laughs) he has a lot of confidence but that comes through a lot of hard work and time that he puts in that you know he's confident in what he's doing well uh 
this team uh, obviously following in the footsteps of last year's uh, state champion. Does the atmosphere surrounding this team kind of feel the same to this time last year? It does. You know, I, I think sometimes uh, uh, your fans can get a little spoiled because, you know, if you're winning, they're just used to it. And, and uh, you know, they get a little spoiled, but our fan base that follows us is, is just amazing. That The people that took the three-hour trip up to, you know, uh, Sterling last week was uh, we outnumbered the, their home fans there. So our following is big. The community is uh, just tremendous in how they support us. You know, we have our dinners up at the American Legion every Thursday night and, and what they do for us and uh, our booster club is amazing. It, it, it's really exciting and the, the community backs us 100%. It's a lot of fun. Mike Allen, GCMS Football. Uh, thanks again so much for joining us this week, Mike. Good luck against Lenark Eastland. Thank you very much, Colin. We'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Looking forward to hearing from Coach next week too. Yeah. Talking about that state title game. Yeah. Let's. Uh, you want to? You want to? You want me to make my predictions now? I think we're we're running short on time, so Are I you might brave have enough? to. Uh, am I brave enough? I have to do it every week in the paper. Of course I am. I I might take a little abuse for it, but. I'm here to make predictions. Fire away then, Because my predictions are usually wrong anyway. So, Well, in Class 1A, you know, I, I have to stick to what I said on TV, although half of it is already wrong because Aurora Christian lost in Class 1A last week, so they're not going to be playing in the state title game. But I did say on the other half of that matchup that Camp Point Central was going to be in the state title game. And while Argenta has impressed me this postseason – I think it would be wrong for me to go against what I said on TV before. So I'm uh, hoping the Bombers prove me wrong this week, uh, but picking Camp Point Central as of right now. And that's what's going to be in the paper, so I guess that's that's the pick. Uh, Class 2A, going with Gibson City, Melvin Sibley. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup against Lenark Eastland, as is Argenta against Camp Point Central. That, that first, that 1A game is going to be a shootout. That's going to be just... Uh, crazy offensive action uh two-a game i don't know if it's going to be that crazy of offense it might be a defensive battle uh between gcms and lenark eastland uh that'll be a fun game to watch for an entirely different reason but i'm going with the falcons then in class 3a i think monticello is going to break that through that glass ceiling finally uh carlinville that i mean again another game that could be just a shootout with the way those two offenses operate and how efficient they are I'm going to take Monticello. I think Braden Snyder is going to have a huge day, throw for another three or four touchdowns, and the Sages are going to break through. So I've got two or three teams making state, but uh, if it's three or three, I'm not going to complain. Not bad, Colin. I'll, I'll go with you on this one. That's all right. That's, you don't have to. You don't have to feel compelled. All right. Pick up Thursday's News Gazette if you want to see all the staff picks. Uh, pick up the paper all week long leading up to Saturday for just tons of coverage from Colin. I appreciate all the work you and the sports folks do, and I know the coaches and players and fans do too. Well, I, I appreciate you saying so. And, yes, it does seem like the kids and the coaches and the players really do enjoy this. So let's, let's keep it going. All right, Colin, uh, I will talk to you next week. Sounds good. That's going to do it for this edition of the Loman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential. We'll be back next week for our final football show of this season before basketball gets underway but first here on our airwaves up next we have the coach lovey smith show live from buffalo wild wings brian barnhart's down there getting ready to go that will be right here on news talk 1400 wdws champagne urbana and light rock 97.5 whms champagne urbana we'll see you next week peace